Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The weekend has arrived, and welcome to RP3 and Company. Next three hours, we're going to try to do our darndest to get you prepared for your weekend. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III. Of course, I'm joined inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. What do we got lined up for you this morning? Oh, we're going to talk New Orleans Saints football with Logan Grafia from the Big Hit Podcast, the Big Easy Blitz, latest on what's going on down in training camp in the Big Easy. That'll be at 8.30 today. 8.15, Nick Fondo, cashing tickets, going to look ahead to the college football season. 7.30, Hunter Bauer from GoPreps.com, the editor-in-chief. We're going to start previewing high school football. Class 1A, Class 2A today. That's on deck at 7.30. And then, of course, at 7 o'clock, James Yasko. It's very dramatic the way I said it. I feel like he's the type of person that warrants that type of introduction our friend from the lima time time podcast and contributor to the houston chronicle so we've got four great guests lined up for you today get you set up for the weekend we're gonna cover it all astros saints high school football college football and of course we're going to recap last night's game or yesterday afternoon's game for the Astros, we're going to give you the latest sound from New Orleans Saints training camp. And, of course, the game changer of the week phone call, which will be unveiled in the third hour, the final hour. Who rose to the occasion this week with the big, bald, and beautiful one back in the studio? You'll find out in a few hours. And those phone calls, we want to hear from you. The game hotline is open, as always. 337 That's 337-706-0111. Don't be afraid. If you've never called the show before and you're nervous, don't be. Just be nice to the lady on the other end of the line, and she'll put you on with yours truly. Well, let's start off today's show talking preseason football. NFL preseason football. I've always felt a certain way about NFL preseason football. And my viewpoint about it 
has kind of changed over the years. When I was younger and maybe a little bit more obsessed with my team, I was watching preseason football because I was young and kind of stupid. And what I mean by that is I thought these players that were making all these sensational plays during the preseason were actually going to make my team's roster. And the majority of the time, they did not. Majority of the time, you don't see your starters. You don't see your favorite players play in preseason games. They shut it down. They don't play at all. And there's a bunch of backups that are trying to make the team that play. Well, then that evolved to, I'm still going to watch it because I'm intrigued on who's going to make the roster, right? I'm no longer naive and young. You know, I'm talking like 13, 14, 15 years old. Now I'm in my 20s, and I'm intrigued to see who's going to make the roster. You know, who's going to be that fourth or fifth string cornerback? Who's going to be the backup right guard? Because I'm a little bit of a geek like that. And then it evolved to not really caring. <laughs> just that, That's where I'm kind of at now. I'll watch a little preseason NFL. I think more so now that we're back to a level of normalcy inside the league. You know, for a few years there, you didn't even really have preseason football because of the pandemic. So I'll watch a little bit of it, but it's not my thing. Now, I've never watched a preseason game in person whether as a member of media or as a fan. Now, you can get preseason tickets fairly cheap, and a lot of people go to the preseason games because they can't afford to go to a regular season game. So you get to experience an NFL game, even though it may be you know, the fourth-string quarterback, third-string running back, and a guy lining up at wide receiver that's not going to make the 53-man roster. But it can still be kind of fun. So I'm always mixed on NFL preseason. I think we get too amped up about what we see in the preseason. You know, we we, we overdo it. Whether that's members of the media or the fans. We'll say, oh, look, so-and-so caught four balls for 84 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be the number three wide receiver on the team. And then the guy gets cut and doesn't make the team. So... My recommendation is pump the brakes on your enthusiasm. Reel it in a little bit when it comes to what you see during the preseason. Now, sometimes it can be a golden opportunity for certain players to make an impression on coaching staffs and earn, get their foot in the door and keep it in the door for the season. But you always got to kind of just easy now, as I like to say, easy now. Now, that being said, we had two games, not one, but two preseason games last night. Patriots, Giants, Titans, Ravens. Malik Willis, he's got a little dynamic Playmaking ability about him, right? Talking about the former Liberty quarterback that dropped all the way to the third round. 
that the Tennessee Titans selected. He's going to be their future franchise quarterback, they believe. Now, the Titans lose that game 23-10. to The Ravens have not lost a preseason game in, I don't know, seven years, which is a weird thing. We've seen it over and over again. So many teams that go undefeated in preseason then are awful for the regular season. The Detroit Lions have gone undefeated in the preseason a few times. Cleveland has looked really good in the preseason a few times. And then when it's the regular season, not so much. The Washington football team slash commander slash Redskins have looked good in the preseason and then are awful. But Willis had this great side arm throw in the game last night. If you hadn't seen the, the highlights, he also put to, uh, scored on a touchdown run where he proved he was immensely elusive. So he showed some ability. He showed off his skill set that made him such a dangerous player in college. Does he still need some grooming? Oh, yeah. He still needs grooming. But if you're a Tennessee Titans fan, you get to see something. I mean, he has the one play where he's inside the red zone. He rolls out to the right. He cuts back. He rolls out to the left and then evades two to three Baltimore Raven defenders to score the touchdown. And he wears that number seven. You look at it and you go, uh-oh. Makes you think of Vic a little bit. But Malik Willis showed off what he can do. In the other game, now mind you, the Titans lost 23-10. to <laughs> Just saying, just saying. And the other game, Giants-Patriots. Giants win 23-21. And Daniel Jones. I feel like this is probably a make or break here for him. Has he gotten the type of development and coaching that he's needed in the NFL? No. But you know what? There's a lot of guys that don't get development and coaching that they need, and they still find a way to be good. So I'm not one to excuse... Daniel Jones's ineffectiveness and him being a turnover machine solely on the shoulders of the front office and the terrible coaching staff that the Giants have put together around him. I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. There, there has to be some accountability here of Daniel Jones not necessarily putting in the work and making himself better. It, it's easy to blame the coaches in the front office when a highly touted draft pick doesn't work out. That said, maybe he can turn it around. But it's going to have to be this year. Because the Giants are going to have to make a decision on Daniel Jones on whether or not he's going to be their franchise quarterback. Look, I I wasn't high on him coming out of college. I saw him in college. I actually saw him at the Independence Bowl. And he had to split time with another quarterback. And I was like, this is the guy? That's right. I was actually at the Independence Bowl as a fan. It was Duke Temple in Shreveport. I know what you're thinking. RP3, you make poor decisions. Possibly. 
but for Jones, some more new coaching. Maybe if you get Saquon Barkley healthy, they can do something to kind of change his career trajectory. Giants win on a last-second field goal against the Patriots. It was a preseason debut for the new head coach, another new head coach for the New York Giants, Brian DeBall. Both quarterback Daniel Jones and running back Saquon Barkley both saw action in the game. New England, meanwhile, rested Mac Jones, their second-year quarterback, and Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zapp got time under center. By the way, Baltimore destroyed Tennessee without Lamar Jackson on the field either. Once again, preseason. Preseason. But Jones and the first-team offense did move the ball well in that Giants game. Had a bad drop. Kenny Galladay dropped a ball near the goal line. But Jones still finished 6-10 for 69 yards and ran for another first down. So, pretty good. Do I still think Daniel Jones? Do I still have question marks whether or not Daniel Jones can be a franchise quarterback in the National Football League? Yeah. And a 6-for-10 passing performance in the first preseason game for the Giants for 69 yards and picking up a first down with his legs does not change my mind. I'm going to have to look until about 10 games into the season to figure out if Daniel Jones can really get the job done. But the other thing about preseason football means we're getting closer and closer to the actual games that count. Got a five-game slated for tonight for NFL preseason action, by the way. Falcons-Lions, Browns-Jaguars, Cardinals, Bengals, sorry, Browns, Jaguars, oh my God. Cardinals, Bengals, Jets, Eagles, Packers versus the 49ers. Two of those are going to be on NFL Network, Falcons-Lions game, and then the Packers-49ers game. And then there's a big slate of games on Saturday, including Saints versus Texans, which will be Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And then we have one more preseason game on Sunday, which is Vikings and the Raiders. So an extensive, extensive slate of preseason action. And that leads us to our poll question of the day. That's a good one. Producer extraordinary Hannah Five Names came up with it, so it has to be. Why do you watch NFL preseason games? What's your reasoning? Because it's the NFL? And we're obsessed with the NFL because you're scouting your own team. Fantasy football research. Or I don't watch preseason. This poll question has only been up for like 20 minutes. (laughs) You guys have already come out in full force. Look, I've already got a handful of comments. 47% of you say because it's the NFL. 33% of you say, I don't watch the preseason. 13% say, scouting my own team. And only 7% for fantasy football research. Ton on Twitter 
with the early comment. The last time I watched a preseason game, five names wasn't even a gleam in her daddy's eye. The reason? Whack players making whack plays. The ball hitting the ground more than a red-headed stepchild. And fights between guys that won't make either team doesn't appeal to me. Whoa, Ton with the comment. Sets the tone for the morning on the poll question. Our buddy Salty Steve, but it's No Salt Friday, says, because of No Salt Friday, I refuse to answer the poll question on the grounds that it may incriminate me. (laughs) I already know how you're voting, Steve. JBK, the OD, says, yes, 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 football is back. With a gif of Hank William Jr.'s Monday Night Football iconic theme song. John Paul Cajun Daddy says it's football and football is great to watch. It seems like forever since the season ended. Y'all keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Why do you watch NFL preseason games? Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to put the football conversation on pause. Recap that Houston Astros Texas Rangers series finale from yesterday afternoon. Stroh's got back into the win column, won their first series in nearly two weeks. We'll recap it for you next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's right. O's, Stroh's, Saturday, August 27th. Four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, and we're going to help you out taking care of your hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on James to the show. James, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Mr. RP3, uh, I've been triggered with the NFL talk. And uh, I would say that you, I acknowledge that you're an expert on all sports, whether it's, you know, stuff on, you know, ESPN 8, the Ocho, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Cornhole League, dodgeball, whatever. You're the resident expert, you know, that once every four-year phenomenon that is Olympic curling. I'll listen to you, right? But, but I'll offer a counterpoint here. I think you're way off base with the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you can't help it because of your fandom. Because, you know, the Washington three names, semi-pro team up there with the worst owner in the world. Oh, man. That they only keep around. He's so, so bad. Everybody doesn't realize Jerry Jones is the worst owner in GM. Has skewed your view. I, I'll i be open to this. Okay. All right. I, 
there's a good possibility that Daniel he will not be named Snyder has has yes I I would I would concede to that he has made me hate my own team thus partially hating the National Football League I could buy to the, I can buy into this counterpoint of yours right see the NFL is is, is is while you've been out in the NFL Siberian wasteland that is the Washington three name semi pro team for the last few years which is longer than you think I hate telling you but you know oh, it's John Riggins and Theisman they're celebrating their 73rd birthdays this month but but it's been a long time since Dexter Manley and Daryl Green played <laughs> it's been a long time for me yeah so 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 your view is skewed on the NFL right. I just would say that everything else you're the expert I'll come to you but on this subject you're wrong it's the NFL it's not just that it's the whole season we've suffered through the Louisiana summer oh. we're waiting for Labor Day weekend we're waiting for college it's all in the buildup of that glorious first week in September I love it, James. Appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy the rest of All your right. day and your weekend, my friend. Yes. Does James maybe have a valid point here? There's a good, strong possibility, yes. <laughs> as I said before, when I was younger, I enjoyed it. As I got older, I do not. Ah, oh, Daniel Snyder. Oh, Danny. You know, I'm not one to encourage violence. I'm not one to be a violent person. Now, in my youth, eh, I was known to have a dust-up here and there through school and in my early 20s. So, but when I see him, but I'm a different person now. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I found God, I was baptized. So I'm trying to do all these things to live my life the right way. But Daniel Snyder, just the thought of him makes me want to dance with the devil. And makes me want to punch him. I just, what have you done to my team? I have a framed sporting news cover signed by John Riggins. Proudly in my man cave. Proudly in my man cave. Rigo was my favorite when I was a kid. He was a maniac. He was. And there's a lot of guys on that team that were maniacs. And then you had good old Joe Gibbs. And old man Cook owned him. And now they're the worst they're, they're the worst ran franchise in the NFL. With the worst owner. But James may be right. They may keep Daniel Snyder around just to protect Jerry Jones. <laughs> From all of us realizing just how awful he is as well. Let's quickly touch on Houston Astros. They get the victory yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Rubber match with the Texas Rangers. 7-3. to three. They put up three runs in the bottom of the second to get things going. Martin Maldonado got himself a home run, a three-run blast to put him up 3-0. Then Alex Bregman homered, a two-run blast there in the fifth. Bregman singled again for an RBI in the seventh. 
<clears throat> and Diaz hit a sack fly in the seventh as well to mount up a 7-0 lead for the Strohs yesterday afternoon. The Rangers chipped away at it in the eighth and the ninth, plating three runs, but it was not nearly enough. Framer Valdez was, well, he pitched like an all-star. Seven strong innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, eight Ks. That's a chef's kiss for Framer Valdez. Now, back-to-back games, though, somebody in the bullpen comes into the game and they wet themselves. Martinez came in last night, or yesterday uh, evening, rather. Three hits, two earned runs, and a walk. Not a great performance by the bullpen, but it didn't matter yesterday as the Strohs were still able to pick up the 7-3 victory. Yuli Gurriel had himself a day, finally. His best game of the season. Yuli went three for four. Scored two runs. And now his average is all the way up to 240. Give it up to Yuli. Best game of the season for him. Three for four with two runs scored. Alex Bregman, two for two with one run scored. Drove in three, also drew two walks. His average is now up to 255. So, Yuli Bregman had themselves a good game. Even Martin Maldonado got himself a three-run blast, and Framer Valdez was, well, pitched like a freaking all-star. 7-3 victory for the Strohs. They take the series over the Texas Rangers, and, but there won't be any time to rest for the team with the best record in the American League because they're going to get right back to it, and they're going to be facing off against the team, those pesky Oakland Athletics. They're at the Big Juice Box. Tonight will begin a three-game weekend series. First pitch is set for 7-10 And you can listen to it live right here on the game. Athletics, Astros from Minute Maid Ballpark. Once again, first pitch, 7-10 tonight. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to shift back to the NFL. Talk a little New Orleans Saints NFL with you. That's up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The... Party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I bet you our buddy James likes to entertain in the fall, right? Probably have people over to his casa. 
his pad, his palatial estates, have friends and family over watching the games. He probably doesn't need help with his man cave or his outdoor living space. But I know a lot of you do. You know what you need to do? You need to contact my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite. Because what they're going to do for you over at LMG, they're going to take that outdoor living space. They're going to take your man cave area. They're going to transform it into the place where everyone is going to want to watch games in the fall. Saturday, Sunday. You're going to have cousins you didn't even know you had trying to hit you up to want to come over to your place to watch the big game. You already know they do show-stopping marble countertops for bathrooms and kitchens. But they can also do man caves and outdoor living spaces. Go check out their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. Great products, all the services, they're all right there on the website. Or you know what? Just stop by their showroom. It's located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Once again, transform your game day experience. Let Lafayette Marble and Granite do it for you. Look, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. New Orleans Saints, they're going to take on the Houston Texans Saturday in their first preseason game. No Jameis Winston, a lot of other guys won't play for either team because it's the preseason. But that does not mean that guys haven't stood out. And we've talked a lot this preseason, we've talked a lot this training camp about Trevor Penning, the first-round draft pick out of northern Iowa, the big fella, the offensive lineman. They're trying to develop him into being a franchise left tackle. Now, he's gotten headlines for getting kicked out of practice because some of the defensive players want to jaw at him. He's like, I ain't having it. He's gotten a little chippy. He's got plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I like it. I think it's good for the team. Dennis Allen, first-year head coach and former longtime defensive coordinator, talked about Penning's aggression during training camp. I see a guy that plays hard, extremely hard, on every single play. Are there some times where we got to pull back the range a little bit? Yeah. But I wouldn't classify that any differently than anybody else. He just plays hard, and he plays from from snap to whistle, and that's what you want him to do. So um, I kind of like it. The coach likes it. Now, they know they're going to have to reel him in because you don't want him to go all Kyle Turley on you taking a helmet and throwing it down the field after a scuffle. But you love the fact that he's aggressive. And let's be honest, there's been a couple guys on that offensive line, in particular the two guards, Pondwater and Caesar Salad, that sometimes don't play with aggression. So having a guy that is a bit of a dog, so to speak, if you're a Saints fan, you got to like that. For the Rook, he's been taking this experience as a time to really just learn everything he can about being in the National Football League. Yeah, I'd say as a rookie, I mean all rookies, you're basically learning a bunch of technique that just it's new to you. You, you don't really 
know much about it. That's anywhere you go. I mean, even going into, from high school to college, you learn a bunch of new different stuff, a bunch of stuff's being thrown at you. So, um, yeah, it, it it's a lot to learn, but it's kind of it's kind of starting to all make sense now. I can play much faster. I don't have to quite think as much. I can kind of just – it's just kind of – you just go now. The, the longer he goes along, the more it's going to feel natural, right? Because right now he's learning. And sometimes you overthink. Once he, once he gets to the point where it, it becomes secondhand nature to him and he doesn't have to think about it, he's going to be able to elevate his game. And he talked about, you know, just getting to the point, you know, seems every day he's feeling a little bit more comfortable out there. Over the over the last two weeks since first or camp first started, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable. I'm starting to get the hang of kind of uh, some of the techniques I've been being taught. Yeah, it's been it's been going really well. Now you know his fisticuffs, his camp fights turned into what we like to call viral videos, right? That's what the kids call them these days. And he was asked directly yesterday. Credit the Saints for putting the rook out there. And, and credit for him for taking the questions. He was asked about, you know, being the subject of viral videos. I think, personally, that's, I think, I went, you know, I went to the whistle. I played my game. You know, we're competing. We're competing out here. Football's physical. It's tough. So, I think I, you know, there's maybe a couple that were like, okay, I got to maybe chill. And my coaches, they said that. I mean, they're like, okay, can't do that. I'm like, okay. And you learn from it and you, you get better from it. And But I'm not going to take away the physical part of my game. But I'm going to be smart with it. That's what you want to hear. Look, you would much rather, I've said this over and over again, and coaches will tell you this, whether it's at the high school level or college level. They would much rather have a guy that has that motor, that wants to play until the whistle blows and even a little bit after it. They would rather have that guy than a guy that's a little bit more passive. This is football. Okay? This is football. This is not a gentleman's game. This is a game played by big, tough, snarly, mean, sometimes toothless, stinky cavemen. That's what you want. I want the starting left tackle or the guy vying to be the starting left tackle to go out there and want to whoop that other guy's behind for three hours. That's what you want. You don't want Mr. Olay Pond Water in Caesar Salad out there. I'm really hoping Doug Marone can fix those two. Imagine if the Saints offensive line had those guys had Trevor Penny's Penning's mindset. Think about that. What would that do? McCoy already has that, the center. Ryan Ramchek is a dog. He's got that in spades at right tackle. What if you just took a little bit of Trevor's DNA and gave it to Pondwater or Caesar Salad? You may have the best offensive line in the National Football League. I'd much rather have this guy because, and here's the great thing about the Saints. Not only do you have Doug Marone, who's a taskmaster at offensive line, there to fix things. You got Zach Shreve and Jari Evans helping out. Former starters and members of the Super Bowl team. Trust me, this kid's in good hands. Kid's in good hands. I love hearing that. 
He said, I'm not going to stop being aggressive. Yes. Nothing worse, nothing worse than a passive player across the line of scrimmage. Nothing. You can't win that way. You just can't. It's football. You can't. Got to have mean, snarly dogs up front. Just can't. Can't be having choir boys up there. Sorry. Deshaun Dixon is an interesting player. Undrafted, out of nickels. A lot of people, including Mike Dottile and other experts, thought that he was going to be drafted. But he wasn't. Talented wide receiver. Heard a lot about him during training camp. Now, do I think he's going to make the 53-man roster? No. I think he's going to be a practice squad player who may get his opportunity in a year or so. But the Saints like him. And they are known for finding guys that fall through the cracks. And he was asked yesterday, he spoke to the media as well, another rookie, about, you know, about being there and about trying to prove, you know, what is he trying to prove? I feel like I don't really have to prove anything to anybody. I'm just trying to see how good I can be. You know, I'm trying to reach my full potential as a player. The Saints got themselves another dog. Imagine that. My man is an undrafted rookie. He's asked by media, well, what do you got? To, what do you feel like you got to prove? I don't feel like I got to prove anything. Done. Yes. That's what you want. You want a guy who's confident. You want a guy that's like, I, I'm here. I'm getting to work. He further elaborated on that, talking about how he feels he belongs there. Uh, I've always believed that, you know, I belonged here. That's what I, this is what I worked for. I'm getting closer and closer to my dreams. He may not make the 53-man roster. He's going to be on the practice squad, but I'm telling you, it's a guy, he can play. He can play, and he's going to be a small school guy, and the Saints are one of the best organizations at finding small school guys that can be impact players for their team. Just saying. Love it. Love what I heard from Trevor Penning, and I love what I heard from Deshaun Dixon. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll update the poll question of the day and wrap up our number one. That's all coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Station. Oh, the Arnoldville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a black pot cook-off on Saturday, September the 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m., and the eating is going to start at noon at the Flower Auditorium there in Arnoldville. There's also going to be plenty of live music on hand for you to enjoy, including Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information about the Black Pot Cook-Off from the Arnaville Volunteer Fire Department, visit ArnavilleFire.org. That's ArnavilleFire.org. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Why do you watch NFL preseason games? The latest results on our poll question of the day that's going to divide households. 37% say, I don't watch preseason. 
29% say because it's the NFL. 23% say scouting my own team. Only 11% say fantasy football research. Darren has chimed in on the Twitters. Just to see what players might be good for each team, likely from Coastal. I uh, had a great game last night. Baltimore uses three tight ends and has no number one wide receiver. I think he's a good year over there. He's going to have a good year over there. Hart on Twitter says, I'm more excited about this year's preseason than many years recently that I can remember. Saints have pretty good depth all around in roster, and I'm curious to see who, how they perform. Hashtag who dat? Brad on the Twitter says, I used to watch the first quarter, but since starters quit playing, I only watch a few plays just to get a little taste. Then again, after watching the USFL this season, I might not even do that this time. <laughs> oh, throwing USFL shade. Doug says, we get to check out the rookies, see how they move up or go back home. Hashtag go Saints. Love it. Keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming. And leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll continue to update our poll question of today throughout today's show. That's going to do it for hour number one. But not to fear, we got a great second hour on tap. 30 minutes from right now, Hunter Bauer is going to join us from Go Preps to start previewing the high school football season. But up next, James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast will join us talking all things Strohs right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number two has arrived. Woo! Hope you get your bells on because it's going to be a good hour of sports talk here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Hour number one, we talked NFL preseason. We discussed why do you watch the NFL preseason? That's our poll question of the day. Go vote on it. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. We touched on New Orleans Saints training camp. We also talked about probably why I don't watch the NFL preseason is because the owner of my childhood team have soured me to the point where I can't enjoy anything about the NFL. I blame Daniel Snyder for all my problems. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Shout out to our guy James, who called in an hour number one to bring that to my attention. A little therapy session. It's good stuff. Coming up, half an hour from right now, we're going to start looking at the high school football season here in Louisiana with Go Preps editor Hunter Bauer. We'll look at Class 1A, Class 2A. That'll be coming up half an hour from right now. But right now, it's time for us to talk all things Houston Astros. They won yesterday from Rivaldez, pitched like an all-star. Yuli Gurriel actually made contact with the baseball. So did Alex Bregman. What's happening as the Strohs get the victory? 
and they take the series against the Texas Rangers. To break it all down for us and to look ahead is the co-host of the Lehman Time, 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 Time podcast, and a man who's a contributor to the Houston Chronicle, but also a contributor to country line dancing in the greater Houston area, area. James Yasko. James, good morning. How are you? Well, well, well. Look who decided to grace us with his presence. Got great news Our, for you. Oh, it's been it's been what? It's been like a month. I got great news for you, bud. Last week I was on vacation. Then the week, the two weeks before that, we were doing uh, media days. Um, I got great news for you. I'm here today. I got some great news for you as well. I'm not here next Friday. <laughs> Why would you be? I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, makes sense. I'll Perfect. be I'll, I'll be in Chicago for the morning show boot camp national seminar convention, my friend. Learning how to become a better morning show host. So I have to sacrifice a great back and forth with you next Friday to make that happen. That that actually that sounds that's I mean like for real like that sounds really interesting like that I, I would I would be interested in that. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad we can get past this. All right, let's go back and let's just talk about the last week. They beat the Mariners, which is great, and then they turn around, drop two of three to the worst team in the American League East, the Boston Red Sox, who are a dumpster fire. Then they split with the Guardians, who are playing better, plus they're coached by Terry Francona, and he's really good. And they find themselves evened up in this series against the Rangers after Verlander only gives up, what, three runs, the most he's given up since June 18th. Yeah, a terrible yeah. start for Verlander by Verlander's standards. Yeah, by, by his standards. Uh, but yet they find a way to get it done yesterday. So, you know, look, it, it's... You're going to have peaks and valleys to a season. Are we just not right now in a valley, so to speak, for the Astros? All things considered, they have the best record in the American League. But the this August has been a little off. Well, I mean, with the, when it comes to the Red Sox, uh, you can't rule out that Alex Cora didn't bring some sort of, like, insane cheating, you know, device with him uh, <laughs> from Boston because, you know, he was suspended for, for a year. Uh I can't remember what team he was with before, but it it, it sounded it sounded bad. Um, and so no, no, it's just one. It's one of those things, you know. The 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 first two games of that four game Cleveland series, the Astros scored 15 runs, and then in the second two games they scored like a total of three. Like it's just it's just one of those things uh, that happens, you know. The and, and the Astros have the, Monday. What was it? Monday's uh, game. Uh, or the Monday's off day. Uh, that's what it was. The, the, the Astros did not play this past Monday. They had played 19 games in the previous 18 days. Uh, you know, most teams didn't have to start until the Friday of the All-Star break, uh, after the All-Star break. Uh, the Astros played a doubleheader against the Yankees and then and then had the Mariners. You know, so, I mean, we're talking about they're playing an awful lot. You know, the, the travel that's involved. Um August August happens and and you you know the the goal is to just sort of get through August and then and then you know you're sort of jazzed up for the end of the the end of season stretch so no this is just one of those it's, it's just one of those stretches that happens to every team I was told for a long stretch that Martin Maldonado cannot hit <laughs> but apparently the only thing he can do is hit home runs 
he heard everyone talking crap. That's that that is the only explanation uh, of what happened. Yeah, no, he's he's killing it. He's killing it. Bregman's now north of two fifty. He's finding ways to get on base. He's getting hits. He he's still not quite MVP runner up form, but he seemingly has kind of started to turn a corner. Do you anticipate him continuing to do this and end the season, maybe getting around like 265, 270 with the average? That I think you and I talked about that. That that, you know, for for Bregman to to end the year hitting 265, 270 means that 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 for a decent stretch of the year, he's hitting 300. Uh that's just how bad you know, he, the, the, how bad of a start he got off to. And it's, it's the same thing with, with Baldonado. And it's the same thing with Guriel that, that you look at their numbers. You know, if you, if you're just kind of a, a box score, uh, if you, if you just look at the box score, you think like, man, they're having terrible years. Well, n- no, they, they had a terrible start to the year and, and it's been an, it's been a lot better ever since. Um, I mean, Maldonado is two home runs away from his career high in home runs and and so you know it, 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 it how poorly you play at the beginning of the season and for how long you play poorly um that that's gonna that's always gonna be a factor in in sort of your bottom line let's talk about Yuli because the other guys may be improving and I know Yuli had a great night last night or yesterday game yesterday but that was his best game of the season and he hasn't been able to string together games like that at all the, the entire year and you know dusty drew a line in the sand he's dug in here he's going to keep yuli in the two hole he wants to keep yuli in the lineup and his rationale is because he's got a gold glove so it doesn't you know dusty basically says it doesn't matter how bad he is hitting we're going to keep him in there because of his glove work <sighs> dusty's old school and he's old you know, I know it paid off yesterday. Do you think that's the wise move moving forward, especially for a postseason run? You know, I think if if Dusty was a normal was a normal manager, and and what I mean by that is, if if Dusty Baker cared about job security, uh, then I I think it would be a little bit different. Because if I'm if I'm James Click, if I'm the general manager of the Astros then I'm, I'm looking at the lineup and be like, where the hell is Trey Mancini? Like the guy that we traded for at the deadline that we got to, to sort of, you know, shore us up for, for a long postseason run, you know, Man- Mancini, he joined the Astros on August 1st and, and, and yesterday was his fifth start. Like he's, he's not, he's not getting the playing time that you would have expected from a trade deadline acquisition like Trey Mancini. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think that Dusty, this is his last year, and he doesn't care. And he's, he, like you said, he's old school. Uh, and, and he, he didn't like the moves what... last year either, James, remember? He didn't like the fact that they moved on from Straw and did some other stuff. Like, he he does not see eye to eye with, with, with Click. And that's not the most surprising. I think, I think if anything, the fact that, that, that he's made it this long with, you know, the, the, the fact that, Click hasn't fired him already might might be the most surprising thing than than he than oh Dusty Baker doesn't you know doesn't see eye to eye with with the the Ivy League you know former blogger general manager that that is my age you know that 
so it, it's not the most surprising thing that that they don't exactly they're not all they're not exactly on the same page that being said do you feel like Dusty? I mean, he had Mancini in the lineup yesterday. Now he goes 0 for 4 while Yuli goes, you know, has the best game of his season in the two holes. So, you know, I guess that kind of proved Dusty right, right? Where he's just like, hey, you know, my decision is working. Once again, we're talking about the team with the best record in the American League here. So I know we're nitpicking, but, you know, the level of success that the Astros have had for the last five years, this is what we do now with them because the expectation is a World Series. Do you think there's enough bats in the lineup for them to put together a postseason run? Yes, uh, yes, for sure. Um, you know the the yeah, Mancini was in the lineup yesterday, and I, I think that to an extent, I think Yuli Gurriel has to be here in footsteps. You know, has to has to have realized that the reason that the Trey Mancini is on the team was because he hasn't been so great uh, this year, and and again, you know, and and. You know, in in to come to Dusty's defense, it's a Gold Glove first baseman that won the American League batting title last year. So you know, there, there, Guriel has earned a little bit of faith. It's just, um, I, I guess there's there's just a little bit of head scratching about you know why did you bring the guy in if he's only going to start half the time? Uh, but yeah, they've they've got the bats to do. I mean, we've seen Mancini hit three home runs already. Um, you know, in, in, in those sort of intermittent spot starts or, or whatever, um, you know, and, and Mancini was in the lineup. Yeah. But, but Jordan wasn't. So I don't, is, is Mancini an upgrade over, over Yuli Gurriel? Um, you know, yes. And, and it's, there's a, there's, it's a little bit debatable. Is he an upgrade over Jordan Alvarez? No, no, there's not many people would be an upgrade over, over Jordan. So it's, it's, there, there are enough bats. Um, and, you know, faced with the potential season loss of Michael Brantley, uh, you know, having, having Mancini there or, or, you know, anybody really is, is going, is going to, to help. We're talking with James Yasko. He's a contributor to the Houston Chronicle, a co-host of the Lehman Time Time podcast and a man who used to work at the baseball hall of fame, by the way. I'll get your thoughts on the Field of Dreams game and the Harry Carey hologram nightmare from last night. We'll we'll get to that (laughs) because I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, They're going to be disappointing, just so you know. It's going to be disappointing. The bullpen. Uh, You know, you had Presley come in there, strike out the side. You don't bring him back out for another inning. You bring in the guy who was good last year. He's been so-so this year, and he wets himself, and they lose the game the other night against the Rangers. Last night, Framer Valdez pitches like a freaking all-star that he is. Looks amazing. And the bullpen kind of wetted themselves. Any concern about the shakiness of the bullpen? I mean, I don't I don't know that <clears throat> there's anybody that 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 looks at their bullpen and thinks it's perfect. Like we, we, we've got it. Let's, let's simulate to the end of season. Um, but again, I, I think I'm going to go back to the, the, the lack of, of rest days built into the schedule. And, and you're not going to convince me because I mean, the Astros had one of these stretches where they played like 29 days in a row. 
Uh, and then, you know, the number of games they played immediately following the All-Star break. You're not going to convince me that, that Rob Manfred isn't behind that in, in some way. And this is just sort of extended punishment for, for what happened in 2017. But, but still, you know, you, you, it's not the deepest bullpen. Uh, the game, there, there haven't been that many, you know, just straight up blowouts. Um, and so it's, it, 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 at this point, it's just sort of a, a, a rest factor. You know, I, I think, I think everyone is, is tired. Uh, and, and when you're tired, you're going to make mistakes. And so I'm not terribly concerned. It would have been great for, for Phil Maton to have not crapped the bed against the Rangers, because there's a whole bunch of us that have to work, uh, with that, with that, with fans, the, the heathen fans of, of that team that's up, up 45. So, um, no, but it, it happens. Everyone goes through a stretch where you're, you're just exhausted. And, and August is that is the time of year where that happens. We haven't talked about the trades because I was out. Huh. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we already talked about man CD. Uh, what about Will Smith? Yeah. You know, the, the Astros did not have a, a left-handed pitcher in the bullpen. Uh, and now they do, you know, and, and the, the righties, you know, everyone else in the bullpen was, was holding lefties to, you know, they were, they were limiting lefty damage, but it's, it's nice to have a different look. Um, and, and it, it saved us from Jake Odorizzi discourse uh, down this year. And is he going to, you know, exercise that option for next year? So uh, I think it was a move worth making, um, you know, and, and, you know, I hadn't pitched a, a ton, um, but, you know, like Christian Vasquez hasn't played a ton. Like none of the trade deadline guys, it's like, it's like Dusty forgets that they're there. Um, <laughs> so, and that, that actually, we can't rule that. We can't rule out that Dusty just like, like, I, I don't know who that is, uh, you know, so we're not going to worry about that guy. Um, so, you know, no, it's, it is a decent move. Uh, and Odorizzi is, is a Braves issue now, which is fine. Odorizzi is a Braves issue now. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Yes. Uh, yes, he is. My good friend. All right. We'll wrap it up with this. Field of Dreams game last year, I thought, was phenomenal. Doing it every year makes me cringe a little bit. Then they bring out the Harry Carey hologram nightmare. Uh, is baseball going to ruin this? <laughs> uh, okay, so so full disclosure. Uh, did you did even not did you did you did I just remind you that the Field of Dreams game was last night? I knew it was coming up, but there's a part of me that couldn't believe that they would actually do it on a Thursday. I think that that was you know not a, not a, not a Sunday. Uh, that that would have seemed to have made a little bit more sense to me. Uh, last night was meet the teacher. And so I was at school, uh, until, until fairly late. So, so I, I, I knew, well, cause last weekend I watched like a, a documentary on the making of field of dreams. And I was like, I'm, that must be coming up here fairly soon. And it was a good documentary. And then I, I, I got on Twitter when I got home from, from work last night, I'm like, Oh, that Harry Carey thing sounded like nightmare fuel. So I'm kind of glad I, I missed that. So I, I, is baseball going to ruin it in the in the fact that they actively try to self sabotage and and ruin everything on their own? Uh, that is possible. That is that is definitely within the realm of possibility. 
but I still think it's it's something that's a little bit different and and it, it it's not egregious and uh, and so what whatever it's fine fine such enthusiasm about it that convinced me that they're not going to ruin it let me tell you bud <laughs> it, it, I mean Manfred has actively tried to ruin absolutely everything and and still somehow hasn't. So I think at this point, if you're a baseball fan, like you're on board, like there's nothing that can happen where you're like, I'm never going to watch baseball again. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, and Manfred's going to determine extra innings by like a, you know, a best of three rock, paper, scissors, you know, fight at the mound. Uh, we're, we're all here. If you're still watching baseball, then you're not going anywhere. So you, we, we can put That's up fair. a game in Iowa. That's fair. That's fair. James, enjoy your weekend recharge those batteries and get ready to mold young minds starting next week my friend hey uh so next week i guess we'll talk about this upcoming leeds united southampton game massive we're going to talk about what's happened to manchester united we're talking about liverpool dropping points at fulham of all people so we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that next week that all sounds like places in britain <laughs> i think that's soccer talk I'm not it is, for it is. sure. Yes, yes, <laughs> Thank you, James. Appreciate your time, bud. Have a good weekend. <laughs> you too, buddy. Uh, it's James Jasko from the Lehman Time Time Podcast, also contributor for the Houston Chronicle, talking all things Astros there. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll update our poll question of the day, and I've been told there's some sort of surprise for yours truly. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves. Just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though. Wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I'm just sitting here as the host of a show being told there's some sort of surprise for me this morning, as I was told yesterday. And I was like, oh, when Hannah Five Names tells me, hey, um, I, I want to do something like a surprise on the show tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, what is it? She goes, no, like it's a surprise for you. And I go, okay. And then she's like, can I do it at this time? And I was like, Okay. So there we go. So the floor is yours, madam. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I have no idea what's going on here. Well, typically I don't know what's going on. If you've been listening to this show for three years, I have no idea what's going on. It's a rarity. Uh, wow, Mike wants to not <laughs> me. Hello. There we go. Hey, guys. <laughs> so if you were listening to the rejoin that was just played, it is that Dale Murphy is Ray's, you know, his favorite baseball player. So, our, wow, my case moved. Wow, this is fun. There. Uh, <laughs> don't, 
Don't move, Mike. (laughs) So our intern, Daryl, came to the studio yesterday while Ray was away. Shout out to Daryl. And he gave me something. I gave him a good grade, by the way. I hope so. He he was a hard worker. I hope it was a really good grade. Uh, So Daryl gave me something to give to Ray that hopefully will make Ray smile. And he's going to show everybody. So I'm going to come around and give it to you. So give me one second. Okay, here we go. All right, I don't, I don't have music to play, so I'll just be entertaining as we await this, 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 this gift. Is that is what 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 is? I'm reading. Hold on, hold on. The blue. I have a Rawlings baseball in my hand, and. The gentleman who signed it in blue appears to be Dale Murphy. So this is an autographed baseball (laughs) by Dale Murphy. That is exactly what that is. Unbelievable. (laughs) And Daryl did this? Yes. You and Daryl did this? Yes. He came to me and said that he actually had, uh, along with five other players, which I can't exactly tell everyone's writing. I think one was like Bert or Brett something. I'd have to look it but, up. But um, there's five other players, five players in total that are signed on that baseball. But he got Brett Murphy, he got uh, Dale Murphy's signature when he was 12 years old and said, I have nowhere where I can keep it safe and display it somewhere. So knowing that it's your favorite baseball player, he gave it to me to give to you. So I got a little case so you can keep it wherever you feel like. <laughs> shout out to Daryl and shout out to you. This is awesome. <laughs> This is awesome. I definitely don't deserve this, but thank you. This is uh, <laughs> this is phenomenal, and you can tell it, it's it's real too because it's a real dirty old baseball. Oh yeah, you, you can you can see the. I'm done. I'm done with this mic. <laughs> you can see the like red tint to the baseball. So yes, it's there got go. dirt on it. This is this is amazing. This is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Flag, I surprise you. And I'm glad the microphone worked out for this. For this for this bit, I'm glad it didn't begin shorting out. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Hannah Five Names and shout out to the intern Daryl. I just want to uh, make sure that we're clear here, all transparency. Uh, I had no idea about said gift before grading Daryl's internship. That already occurred about a, about three weeks ago. So this is awesome. This is awesome. I got a signed baseball by the Murph. Number three, by the way. That was his jersey number, in case you were wondering. I don't know what to do with myself. I got to get it together. Got to get it together now. Got to get it together. It's been an emotional morning. This is awesome. I also want to say that it's an emotional morning in the Parch household. First day of school for baby girl at Grand Coteau Elementary. Third grade has arrived. The wife and I were looking at the photos that we've been taking her first day from pre-K on. And she's just she's just growing up so fast. So this morning, I decided, I woke up a little early and I was like, hey, you know what? I, I don't get to be there for the first day, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm here on the radio. So I wanted to do something nice. So I made my wife's coffee and got all that set up and everything. And I was like, well... You know, I got her school supplies out, her book bag out, and her new pair of tennis shoes that we bought for the school year and the whole nine yards. And then I was like, I'm going to make her lunch. 
And I was like, I made her lunch. So I texted my wife and I you know, made her lunch. And, I said, and she goes, well, babe, that's so sweet, but Hattie's eating at school this year. And I replied back to my wife and says, I'm not crying. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. It's perfectly fine. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm keeping it together. Oh, yeah. I, I still get, like, I already got the first day of school pictures, of, like, memories on Facebook of myself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's, like, you know, tall senior me and then my little sister who's now 14 and in her final year at junior high before she goes to high school with, like, cousins now that are, like, first day of freshman year. And I'm like, no. I never gave you permission to go to high school never and grow up and get older. It's not allowed. Third grade, man. Yeah, she's third. She's like what, seven, eight, almost eight, right? Turning eight in September. Turning eight, September tenth. Yep, eight going on twenty-eight. Oh, so much so, <laughs> so much so. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to look ahead to the high school football season. It's going to kick off Labor Day weekend. We're going to look at Class 1A and Class 2A here in the state of Louisiana with Hunter Bauer of GoPreps.com. That's all next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, Welcome back to RP3 and Company. The college and high school football seasons will be kicking off Labor Day weekend. No, I do not count week zero in college football. Let's go and get that out of the way now. It's nonsense. Week zero. There's no week zero. It's week one. It's week one. It goes one, two, three. That's how how it works. There's no week zero. But that'll be here in just a matter of a few weeks. To help get you ready for the upcoming high school football season is our good friend from Go Preps, the editor-in-chief, the man behind the machine that is all things high school athletics. Hunter Bauer joins us now on RP3 and Company. Hunter, good morning to you, bud. How are you? Raymond, I am doing well this morning, just like you. It's uh, first week of school and, and getting my Hattie off to school, and it's been a, it's been an adventure. So uh, I understand where you're coming from. She's now or she's two going on, what, 25 now? So it's uh, it's crazy how fast they grow up. It's going to get worse, bud, just to let you know. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse. It's going to get so much worse. All right, so look, high school football is right around the, the corner. But before we dive into Class 1A, Class 2A, I, I want to get your thoughts because we haven't spoke about it. How much is this decision to take all these public schools and make them select schools – for the playoffs, we're talking more than a hundred. Uh, give me just your thoughts on that decision being made, and is that going to accelerate the unification of high school athletics in the state? Well, you know, and, and, and like Eddie Bonon stated before, this 
you know, this wasn't an attempt to to uh, to, to unify uh, select and non-select. This was simply to you know update the language that defined a uh, what a select school was. And you know, when this all happened back in 2013, Raymond, I mean, there was no there wasn't a lot of charter schools and magnet programs and things of that such uh, across the whole state. And uh, that was basically what happened is, you know, they just wanted to make sure that, you know, equally, fairly, all schools were treated the same. And, you know, some schools got thrown in uh, to the select side that, you know, normally they wouldn't be. They would traditionally be on the on the non-select as a public school. But, you know, due to their uh, academic standards, such as magnet programs and things like that, uh, you know, they, they got shuffled in with the select. And now, you know, really the response around the state, I think most schools knew that they were going to be on the select side. And, and to be honest with you, I've talked to a couple of coaches, and they're okay with it. Uh, they knew what was going to happen. Um, and then I've talked to a, a couple other coaches that, you know, they felt like they were blindsided by it. And uh, But, you know, all that communication was sent out way before the, the meeting to, to decide this. And, you know, there was plenty of time to respond and, and, and for opinions. But uh, it's definitely going to be a game changer, Raymond. I, you know, in my in my opinion, this is not the opinion of anybody else. But in my opinion, I do think that this may lead back to unifying the the association association because you got these public schools saying, "Well, we're on the select side now, so what's the difference?" You know, might as well just get everybody back together. So, uh, you know, the the LHSA has a September meeting coming up where they're going to listen to these appeals of the schools that were put on the select side and, and decide, you know, we're going to be two weeks into the season and not know who's going to compete for a select or non-select championship. So uh, exciting times ahead, Raymond. Exciting is one way of describing that, and I appreciate your optimism and your positivity. <laughs> because it's been, it's, it's been, it's been a, a, bit, a bit messy, but look, if going through this is going to get us to where we need to be, where it's just five classifications for football, mm-hmm. for the playoffs, I'm all about it. All right, bud, let's turn our attention. Let's start off with Class 1A. Give me the teams that you believe are legitimate contenders to win a state championship out of Class 1A. Yeah, well, you know, really, Class 1A is going to be, you know, life without Calvary since they're moving up to yeah. to 2A this year. So, uh, you know, honestly, Raymond, in Class 1A, you, you got to go with your defending state champion, and that's Homer. Uh, you know, they've got 15 starters coming back, 14 of those seniors. They're just going to be loaded again. And, uh, you know, if they can, if they can remain healthy – um, you know, they play in a, a pretty competitive district with Haynesville and, and Glenbrook. Glenbrook's a, a new school, but, you know, really talented up there in northwest Louisiana. Uh, you know, I, I think they got a shot. I think it's theirs to lose. And uh, But, you know, you've always got to worry about Logan Sport and in your, your Haynesville's and Kentwood's back in Class 1-8 now. And you can never count out Kentwood uh, when it comes to the postseason. Uh, on the Division Four side, you know Southern Labs coming back with their uh, you know defending state championship, but you've got Washita Christian who they defeated last year in the Dome. Uh, I think those are going to be your top two. But I tell you what, Vermilion Catholic and Opelousas Catholic each have 16 starters coming back. Total 16 starters coming back on, on each of their teams. Uh, you know Vermilion Catholic made it to the quarterfinals last year. They're always very competitive, and so is Opelousas Catholic. Um, like I said, life without Calvary, I think you're going to see a lot more um, competitiveness. Uh, Calvary was just on another level, and uh, even though they lose Landry Liddy, uh, I think they're still going to be competitive in Class 2A, but we'll get 
we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you know, if Southern allows, I I think they're going to be a favorite again. But I tell you what, Vermilion Catholic's going to be my dark horse uh, in that division. But you also got you know uh, Catholic Point Coupee, uh, Ascension Catholic, and again Glenbrook. Glenbrook's got 19 starters coming back, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that side. You know, your point about VC and OC, obviously they're here in our area, our coverage area. We've covered them. We have Vermilion Catholic games on the Vermilion Parish Game of the Week on our sister station, 106.3 Radio Lafayette, and we've had OC on as well. And we'll have OC again this year on the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on our news talk station, 98.5 FM. They always have talent, but... We're talking last three or four years, highly touted, get a high seed in the playoffs, and then yeah. they have early exits. What makes you think that this is going to be a different year for those two programs? Well, and I think just, you know, the experience being more experienced. i tell you what about Alphalus Catholic, and this is going to be the determining factor for them. They have not shied away um, from playing some big-time opponents uh, in, in, in pre-district. I mean, they've got Oak Grove. They're hosting Oak Grove week one. Uh that, that's a tall glass of water. Oak Grove's really good. They've traditionally been good in the playoffs, uh, multiple state championships. And then uh, Opelousas Catholic also hosts Southern Lab in, in week four uh, of the season. So we're going to see very early what they're made of. I think the experience they bring back, I think their offensive line, their defensive lines are going to be well, well, we're going to be really uh, uh, experienced. They got a lot of, uh, I think they got a lot of seniors coming back. I know for sure they got a lot of seniors coming back on the line. Uh, very experienced quarterback, uh, very experienced running back. So I, I don't know. I just think that Vermilion and Opelousas, I don't know. I just think at the when it comes down to the semifinals, if one of those two teams, if not both, are not in the semifinals, I'll be very, very shocked. Well, we're speaking with Hunter Bauer, owner and editor-in-chief of gopreps.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as we talk the upcoming high school football season. All right, let's switch off from Class 1A. Let's go up to Class 2A. Obviously, some reshuffling going on, just not for postseason yeah. purposes, but teams moving up, moving down. You know, right. you talked about Calvary being now up a classification. You have a team like Kinder who's leaving 2A, they're going up to 3A. They're always a uh, state title contender as well. Give us uh, the teams that we should be paying attention to in Class 2A as state championship contenders. Yeah, and, and not only Kinder, you know, Lafayette Christian moves up to Class 4A this year as well. So yeah. they, they lose the 2A ranks, which is going to be to, going to be huge in that Division three category. But, uh, yeah, you know, never can count out many. Uh, a lot, a lot of talent coming back, including Tackett Curtis, who just committed to USC a few weeks ago. Um, I think they're going to be the ones to look at, uh, the ones to beat uh, on the non-select side. But you've also got Oak Grove, who's always, who has always been competitive. No matter if they've been in 1A or 2A, they've got uh, a good bit of uh, experience coming back, uh, always in the semifinals. This, uh, in, come November, they were in the semifinals last year. Uh, but I tell you what, Raymond. Here's my dark horse for Class Two A, uh, of Boyles, the Boyles Mustangs. They have three running backs who had over a thousand yards rushing last year. Um, talking to Coach Andy Boone a couple weeks ago, he thinks he they could have four with over a thousand yards rushing. Um, as you can tell, they never pass the ball, uh, but that's just the kind of football they play up there. 
Uh, they were a, uh, a semifinal team as well. Uh, I think you're going to uh, I think you're going to see a lot out of them. They actually play Lafayette Christian. Uh, Lafayette Christian is going to make the trip up there to a bowl to play them. So again, not shying away from the competition. And then you got your regulars like Mangum and and a, and a good Louisville team. Uh, I think Louisville is going to be uh, is going to shock some people this year uh, over that way. Uh, so look for them uh, to be competing deep in the playoffs. And then you can never count out North Caddo and, and your general traces as well. I think they're going to be competitive. Um, on the select side, you know, you've always got Newman uh, with Arch Manning, and I think they're going to be up there. I think they're going to be very competitive. Uh, they've got a, a, a good line coming back. Uh, a lot, I mean, several D1 commits. If not, they're being looked at right now. Uh, but then again, you can never count out uh, the same team that's in their district, St. Charles, who, who defeated Lafayette Christian for the state title last year. Uh, and then you got Notre Dame over there as well. I mean, those three are just always your 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 go-tos um, on the private side of Class 2A. I think they're going to uh, to be, be very competitive. Now, where Calvary Baptist comes into play and all that, I don't know. They lose Landry Liddy, but they return a lot. Uh, they got uh, – 15 starters coming back total, uh, eight on offense, which that's their bread and butter. They love to be uh, competitive on offense. So now that you've thrown Calvary Baptist in the mix, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially with Class 2A and 3A combined for uh, for the select side. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how that all shakes out now with the teams you know, moving around and, and everything like that, especially – for the the postseason purposes, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, Hunter, we'll get you out of here with this one more for you, bud. Okay, gearing up for the season. You know, another thing that we've been talking about year after year is not enough refs. Right? They don't have enough officials, and that's been a problem for going on a yeah. decade now. Which is why we have so many Thursday games because that way officials right. can work Thursday and Friday night. It, what needs to be done to fix that? Because I've heard the officials talk about needing officials. They've put out ads. They've done Facebook yeah. things. The state's talked about it, yet no one wants to officiate. Are, are we trending towards this becoming a real, real critical issue for high school athletics in the state? Yeah, you know, it's it's been an issue for a couple of years, and the numbers are just dwindling. And, um uh, you know, I was actually talking to Lee Sanders, who's the, uh, the the head of the officials for the LHSA yesterday. They're getting ready for an officials camp today over here in Sulphur. Uh, you know, he's got, he said they have over 300 officials attending. And uh, he said, you know, depending on uh, registration, that, you know, that's going to be, you know, their, their main number that they're going to work with this year, which he says, you know, he's excited about. Uh, but, you know, you're not talking about just football. You're talking about dwindling numbers in sports like, you know, basketball and softball and baseball. Um, you know, Raymond, with everything else, it's just been a rough couple of years with COVID and, and, you know, the economy being what it is and, you know, um, prices go up and, and things like that. And people want to get paid more for their services. But the biggest thing is, is, you know, a lot of these refs are having to deal with, you know, not only – the teams on the field, but the people in the stands as well. And, uh, you know, in certain places, there's been no control over that. And, you know, why do I want to go uh, deal with an unruly drunk parent uh, for 75 bucks a game? You know, it's not worth it, especially if I have to drive two or three hours to get to where I'm going. 
Um, now, not saying that that's the LHSA's fault or the school's fault or anything. That's just the type of environment that we live in these days. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I think that uh, you do have a lot of commitment. But another thing is you're not getting a lot of younger people involved, too. And I think that's been the LHSAA's uh, and the officials' associations. I think that's been their goal is to try to reach out the former players and, and maybe ex-coaches and things like that, the younger people, the younger crowd, uh, and try to get them involved. And there's been no interest in that. So I don't, I don't know what you do. You know, it, it, really, Raymond, it, to be honest, it's all about the money these days. So I don't know if there's going to have to be a, a significant pay increase. Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is. But uh, if, if something doesn't get done about it soon, uh, we could be in trouble in the next couple of years to where you're not going to have uh, a lot of games on Friday night for football season. You're going to be spreading them out to Thursday and Saturday as well. Hunter, appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you for it. And we'll talk to you next week, bud. All right, Raymond. Thank you for your time. Y'all have a good one. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number two. Ran a little, little long there with Hunter Bauer. But we'll close out hour number two, get you set up for hour number three. That's all next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Perfect fit for a great night's sleep. From selection to delivery, it's Mattress Gallery. Cully Saloon Road, across from River Ranch. Support our local community and shop certified South Louisiana. Poll question of the day. We asked you. It's about preseason NFL. NFL preseason. That's our poll question of the day. Why do you watch NFL preseason games? Right now, 45% of you say, I don't watch preseason. (laughs) 24% of you say, I watch it to scout my own team. 22% of you say, because it's the NFL, you're obsessed. And 9% of you say you watch for fantasy football research. Got to try to find that late round fine. That gem. Diamond in the rough, if you will. Ralph on Twitter says, This year I'm watching to see how Dennis Allen manages a game, but most of my time is spent in angst worrying that someone gets hurt. By the way, I'm guessing that morning radio boot camp does not involve push-ups or obstacle courses. <laughs> No, I don't think it does, bud, but I appreciate the Gomer Pyle reference nonetheless. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming up right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three is here. We got time for your phone calls, by the way. We're going to unveil our game changer of the week coming up in about 15 minutes. 
No cashing tickets this week. I know Salty Steve's out there listening. He's disappointed. He's going to be crying about this. We've ruined his weekend because I know how much he looks forward to having the man in the know, Nick Fondo, coming on for cashing tickets, but something's come up with Nick. So, unfortunately, we won't be able to have him on today, but we still got one more guest lined up for you. Logan Graffia from the Big Hit Podcast is going to talk to us about New Orleans Saints. Foosball. That's right. Big Easy Blitz coming up at 830. That's how we're going to close out today's show and close out the week. So, we got some time for your phone calls. Want to get them in? Give us a holler. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We'd love to hear from you. Just be nice to the lady on the other end of the line. That's the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. Man, we've covered a lot today. Covered a ton. Houston Astros, they got themselves a win. Valdez, Framer Valdez. Major League Baseball All-Star throws seven scoreless innings. Alex Bregman gets the job done at the plate. Yuli Gurriel has his best game of the season. Martin Maldonado is on pace to break his own personal season record for home runs. He's only two away as they defeat the Texas Rangers 7-3 to to take 2-3 of from the Rangers, win their first series since beating the Mariners the prior week. Bullpen, not great for the Strohs for the second straight game, but they have enough talent. Should not be an issue. Strohs get the win. They have the best record in Major League Baseball. I'm sorry, best record in the American League. Best record for Major League Baseball belongs to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And right behind them, the New York Mets. Strohs get the job done, they win. We also had NFL preseason action last night. Two games. You got to see the young man, Malik Willis. Tennessee Titans rookie. He got some playing time. He got to see his skill set. In particular, that play where he ran out to the right side, was pressured, came back to the center of the field, then ran it in for a touchdown. He's rocking the number seven. Makes you think of a former number seven that played for the Atlanta Falcons. Malik Willis did show some flashes. In his debut, his preseason debut for the Tennessee Titans, but he's not going to start. Ryan Tannehill's the starter there. So they're going to take their time developing Malik Willis. Daniel Jones looked efficient. I wouldn't say great, but he looked efficient. Look, when it comes to quarterbacks, you have to surround them with good coaching to develop them. You have to surround them with pieces. The Giants have been a dumpster fire for the better part of ever since Tom Coughlin left. I make no bones about that. I had question marks about Daniel Jones coming out of college. I saw him in college. And when he was taken in the the top 10, I was like, what? And I was like, what? So, yes. 
have they put pieces around him to help him succeed in New York? No, they have not done a good job of that. Have they also dealt with injuries, including a high first-round pick they used on a running back? Swaycon Barkley is talented, but he's also been banged up. All those things are true. Not getting good coaching, not getting good development there, having pieces around him, being banged up, that that plays all a role. You're exactly correct. But I'm not going to let him completely off the hook because some of the tendencies that he displayed in college, he's still displaying in the pros. And, and, and eventually, it's a team game. But eventually, decisions going to have to be made on whether or not Daniel Jones is a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League or if he's just a dude. I think he leans to being just a dude right now. now you know, it, it, it is, is he Eli Manning or is he more Tyrod Taylor? Is he more Josh Allen or is he more Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, I think he's a backup. That's what I felt about him coming out of college, and nothing I've seen has changed that. He has some athletic ability, but you know, it feels like a make-or-break season for him in that regard. I could be wrong because I'm not one to throw dirt on someone's career right off the bat. Many of you are. You can't wait to do it. I think this is going to be a good year. This is going to be a, We're going to find out a lot about Daniel Jones and a lot of young quarterbacks. Never do know. Ian Book could develop into something for the New Orleans Saints down the road. How happy would that make Kevin Foote? His favorite quarterback, Ian Book, becomes a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League. (laughs) So preseason action last night. A lot of the star players did not play, obviously. Mac Jones sat out of the Patriots game against the Giants. You know, he didn't play. Lamar Jackson didn't play for Baltimore. So, once again, you take preseason action and what you see in it kind of with a grain of salt. That's how I attach it. That's how I look at things when it comes to preseason football. You can't really buy into it. It's one thing to look good in a preseason game when you're going up against number twos for the other team. It's another thing when you have to go up against the best players. It's a difference. Poll question of the day. Why do you watch NFL preseason games? What's your reasoning? And this has shifted. Early on, many of you were chiming in because you love the NFL. But right now, 46% of you say, I don't watch preseason football. <laughs> of you say when you do watch preseason football, it's for scouting your own team. You want to learn more about, say, the younger players, the rookies, the undrafted free agents, if you will. 21% of you say you watch because it's the NFL. You love it. You can't get enough of the NFL. And 10% of you say you watch for fantasy football research. I feel like James Mesh watches preseason football for fantasy football research. If I had to go out into a enormously strong limb 
That's what I would have to say. And look, I'll watch a little of it, but you know what? I say that. If I could get cheap tickets, I may go to a preseason game. I've never been to one. I've never covered one as a member of the media, and I've never been to one. Sometimes it gets really difficult to go to an NFL game during the season because we we work. We cover colleges like LSU and UL and McNeese, and when, when, when Sunday comes around, first of all, that's the Lord's Day. Second of all, it's time to spend with family. <laughs> so really can't uh, depart and not uh, you know, find time to go cover a Saints game. That said, I don't know, could you have a good time? You don't treat it with a ton of you know seriousness. It's not like anything's on the line. You just go and enjoy some uh, football at a, maybe a discounted rate, if you will. I could see that. It may work could work i may have to check that out randy russell has commented on facebook he is not in favor of preseason football spoiler alert he says don't watch it's just plain silly keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day keep your comments coming as well just want to remind you while we have some time here on rp3 and company Need to let you know about the benefits of QC Kinetics. That's right. Are you sick and tired of that constant pain in your knees or your hips or your back? Especially this time of year when you need to be moving pain-free? Hey, I'm talking about QC Kinetics. They are helping people every day, giving them lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. The science is simple. They concentrate your own body's healing agents and apply them to your aching joints, restoring and repairing damaged tissue with no drugs, no steroids, and no surgery. Listen, the old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. You need to learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this the last summer you suffer from chronic pain. They've got clinics here in all over America. This is the exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects and no downtime call qc kinetics today for a free consultation that's 337-243-4222 that's 337-243-4222 we got to take a time out here on rp3 and company when we return though phone lines are still open i'm going to get a call in feel free to give us a holler 337-706-0111 But when we return, we're going to unveil the game changer of the week. Which phone call rose to the occasion? We're going to share it with you next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 12, 1994, members of the Major League Baseball Players Association go on strike. The strike leads to only the second cancellation of the World Series, the other taking place in 1904. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
you know what you need to do here in the state of Louisiana? You got to be safe. You got to be careful. You got to be cautious, especially when it comes to doing projects around your house or on your property. Look, here in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. And if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a new pool, or even minor landscaping, like, you know, a little garden area, it really does not matter. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. So what happens then? Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple. It's free of charge, and guess what? It's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Game changer. We use that term a lot around here when we talk about players. Guys that change the outcome of the game. We talk about game-changing plays. But here on RP3 and Company, we have something that's called the Game Changer of the Week phone call, where we pick one phone call that rises above the rest. One phone call that makes us take a moment and pause and go, holy moly, that was a good phone call. This week's Game Changer of the Week belongs to the man known in some circles as Mr. Green. To us, he's Jamie. Here is this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on Jamie to the show. Jamie, I'm going to let you back in on the show after yesterday's shenanigans. You're welcome. Oh, I appreciate that very, very much. And I have to say, Miss uh, Five Names haven't been yays for breakfast in the morning. While meanwhile, we usually had a Pop-Tart, you know, that uh, is, I guess, different uh, different economic classes, huh? Fanciness! I was in no private schools and a whole little <laughs> <bougie> public school. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, and I don't know where Ton is from, you're talking about gumbo and everything, and I think somebody else mentioned it, too. But we had gumbo uh, in St. Landry Parish. Matter of fact, some of the schools still fix the chicken and sausage gumbo uh, when it gets cold enough. So, I mean, it's it's still done. It's not unheard of. Now, it's never the seafood because you can't have shellfish or anything. But, uh, yeah, I can remember that. But my favorite, my absolute favorite school lunch was when they had chicken, uh, the chicken burgers. Not the hamburgers because, you know, the hamburger meat was always like, I don't know, sketchy at best, but the chicken burgers, like they would have the breaded chicken patty and you could throw some whatever you wanted on there. But uh, those were always my favorite because for whatever reason, they tasted fresher than any of the other things. And I don't know about y'all, but when my school had veggies, it was always either going to be spinach, which tasted like cardboard. It was going to be corn which tasted like salted cord cardboard or it was going to be green beans 
which had no taste at all. Yeah, that that that, that was usually the go-to: corn, green beans, um, and, and, and yeah, spinach or mixed vegetables too, depending on yeah where 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 you were at. Or sometimes you would have the school lunch; they would have the green beans, but they would have the canned potatoes with the green beans. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what, no matter what we got in high school, no matter what we got, any day of the week, as, as good or bad as it was, the football team was always going to get better. Well, yeah. Always. Well, Every of day of the week. It, you know, it wasn't just Fridays where they had the big pregame meal. No, like, if we had, let's say we had Sloppy Joe's, which I hated Sloppy Joe's. It was a texture thing for me. But I oh, Jamie, Joe's. it was we great talking Joe's, to you again. The football team had steak. Two days in a row. Two days in the row, Mr. Green. I am not going to tolerate slander towards the Sloppy <laughs> Joe. We didn't really have Sloppy Joe's in school. We didn't have those. You didn't have Sloppy Joe? No. You, you, must have went, you, you must have went to a, a, a well-funded public school. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> thank you for your phone call, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day, bud. Yeah, have a good one. That was this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer of the Week. Not once but twice. Did I allow Jamie to throw slander to something that I cared for this week? But we also made him the game changer of the week. I will not stand for Sloppy Joe slander. I'm just letting you know this now. I mean, it's Sloppy Joe. Can't be slandering the Sloppy Joe. Come on, Mr. Green. Hey, just want to give you an update. The FedEx FedEx Cup playoffs are beginning this week at TPC Southwind there in Memphis. That's for the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Obviously, this will result in a huge purse, the largest purse on tour, and decide the FedEx Cup champion for golf. Uh, Right now, Kim is still your leader after yesterday as J.J. Spawn also shot. Both of them shot eight under par. They won't be teeing off until later this afternoon around lunchtime. But the leaderboard, you had some saltiness heading into it about a few of the LIV golfers not being allowed to play three of them in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So eh, we'll see. Tony Fina hit himself a miraculous birdie after his tee shot went into the woods. Somehow he was able to make it, was able to get it done. FedEx Cup playoffs have begun. St. Jude Championship, which is always held there in Memphis. Early round leaders, J.J. Spawn and Kim. They're both eight under. And, you know, you look at here, and I, I do wonder, with the announcement of Cameron deciding to leave, he just won the Open Championship Reports are that he's going to be leaving for the LIV tour. That hasn't been made official yet because he's playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So he's going to take advantage of that and then go get $100 million to play for the Live Tour. But it just it just never stops. It just never stops. It never stopped while I was on vacation either. Announcers are leaving to go for the, the Live Tour. More golfers are leaving to go play for the Live Tour. It just... 
doesn't stop and it's just going to continue on and on and on and on. But so a lot of names you don't know are atop the leaderboard there in the top 10. But you get down Tony Fenon, you do know of him. He's tied for fourth. Sam Burns, former LSU star, tied for 10th. Ricky Fowler, a rejuvenated Ricky Fowler. He shot a 65 yesterday. He's tied for 10th as well. So once again, FedEx Cup playoffs have begun. And first round was in the books yesterday. Second round there of the St. Jude's Championship in Memphis is up and rolling. Second round action has begun already today. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, it'll be time for the Big Easy Blitz. That's right. We're going to talk all things Hoodats. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara. Breaks through. Spins at the two. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. I mean, I can just do that all day long. Huh? Get you in the mood? Want you to make you want to go down to New Orleans? Cheer on the black and gold? Get excited about what's happening under first year head coach Dennis Allen? What? What? Let's get it. Let's go. Joining us to talk all about it is a new voice, a new face, if you will, to the RP3 and company program. He's done a multitude of different things. Currently, right now, he's the host of the Hit Podcast via Boot Crew Media. You've also seen him on WLA-TV. He's also done extensive work for boot crew and he's a proud southeastern louisiana grad go lions it's time for us to welcome on to the program logan graffia logan good morning to you brother how are you not too bad not too bad all right bud let's get let's dive right in man let's dive right in let's talk about the running back position for the Saints. You've been out there at training camp. You get to see them take their reps. Lots of worry about what's behind Alvin Kamara. Does Mark Ingram have anything left? What about the rookie that went undrafted that they signed out of Baylor? What about Tony Jones Jr.? He was good last preseason, but then got injured and wasn't very good. What do you make of the depth that they currently have on the roster? Because they keep kicking the tires on veteran guys, but they don't keep them. So, well, before training camp even started and after the draft, I was very high on Abram Smith. I wanted us to draft Abram Smith back in January after I seen him perform at the Sugar Bowl. So I think they really like Abram Smith. And when I was there, those two practices, Tony Jones Jr. was having some of his best practices. And in my opinion, I think that's because he sees Abram Smith in his rearview mirror. So he has to kick it up a second gear so he doesn't get cut. But... Alvin Kamara is still Alvin Kamara from what I've seen, and I don't think anyone has a doubt about that. 
And I think Mark Ingram might be on his last leg. I hate saying it like that. Saren, he's the franchise lead in Russia at the moment. But I really like Abram Smith. And I also don't sleep on Divine Ozigbo either. He's been having a great camp too. So I, I really think Abram Smith is going to eventually be this team's uh, number three running back. Or even eventually number two running back after Ingram retires. Because that's how much confidence I have in him. And I think... The team has that much confidence in him too, so I, that's just what I see. Are you gonna? Do you expect them to see Abram a lot tomorrow night against the Texans in the first preseason game? I certainly hope so. I, I really hope so because I feel like in preseason, this is when a lot of these undrafted guys shine and get their legit opportunity. So. I, I really think this will be the perfect opportunity for Abram this weekend if they let him get his uh his his carries because they just cut Malcolm Brown so there's not really too many other running backs he has to compete with I mean there's a Zeke Bo and Tony Jones Jr. and Dwayne Washington but I think they want to see how April Smith looks considering how much they are paying him right now yeah you definitely get the impression that they believe in the young man because they gave him a guaranteed contract of a quarter of a million dollars for an undrafted rookie so <laughs> that that tells me that they really like him all right let's switch over to wide receivers I keep hearing all these reports from people there at practice whether it was at mini camp rookie camp and now training camp of just how smooth first round draft pick Chris Olave looks out there running routes and just going toe-to-toe with the Saints DBs how impressive is the young man up close and personal Oh my goodness, very, very impressive. And like you said, he's smooth as smooth as butter. And it's just like it doesn't even look he doesn't even look like a rookie at all. He looks like he's been in the league for like five to ten years. It just comes natural to the guy. And I guess you can see why they traded up to go get him. And you can see why that there were that Alave was their number one choice in this draft. So I think having Alave gives us another weapon and it is just fantastic to see him in person. Obviously, Michael Thomas is healthy. You're going to have him for the season. So you're going to have Thomas, Alave, and, of course, Jarvis Landry. Juice is back home on a really team-friendly discount. The other wide receivers, it's Traquan, it's Callaway, it's Kevin White, and I think Deontay Harris turned hardy is is a lock because of what he can do in the return game. Who do you think is battling to be like the, the number four, number five wide, or number five, number six wide receivers, rather, on this roster? Well, you got to look at the undrafted free agents yet again. And one of my favorites, who I got to see up and close and personal during my time in college, was Dejon Dixon. And you've heard, I've heard Mike Detillier even compare him to Marcus Colston yeah. many, on many occasions. Then you got to look at another homegrown talent, is uh, Kirk Merritt. Both those guys have been really having great camps, and Dejon just finds ways to catch the ball like he'll catch it in midair and just come down with it when most like guys that are young like that will just drop it it's just his hands must have glue on them because he just just catch anything so i i really think someone like dejon dixon or kirk merritt can even be that last wide receiver let's go to offensive line because last year it was a bit of a mess right injuries played a role in that but Cesar Ruiz it, it disappointed last year. Andres Pete, he's a great run blocker, but he's awful at pass blocking. He always has been. That's why I call him Pond Water, because he just stands still. <laughs> they, they, they had injuries. Armstead was beat up. 
They bring in Doug Marone. They have Zach Streif. They have Jari Evans helping out as well with the offensive line. They drafted the kid out of Northern Iowa. I know it's just early in camp, just pads and shells and things like that, Logan, but do you see a difference in just maybe the mentality that the offensive line is having in practice, especially with Doug Marone now being their coach and being there to correct their mistakes? Well, you get a different vibe, most definitely, but I haven't really seen too much of a difference. But I think this is because we're in practice. What I really want to see is how they kind of look in preseason because the bullets are are more live in preseason. You're not going up against your defensive line because in preseason, you can go out there and go 100% and absolutely destroy somebody. In practice, it's a little different. You want to you're pulling back because that's your teammate. You don't want to get well. Trail well, hurt. well, well. The rookie's not doing that though, right? Well, Trevor yeah, Penny's not not, not holding that. back. <laughs> rookie's not doing that at all. You love to fight, but I mean, you don't want to see that in the game because that could definitely cost us. If the rookie starts fighting in the game and we just get like a fifty yard bomb for like a touchdown and they call that back, that you don't want to see that. But I, I don't know the. Offensive line is the one thing that worries me the most. There, there was always three things going into the season, that, and they still worry me the most. And it was offensive line number one, quarterback number two, and even uh, tight end number three. And I still have my worries on all three of those positions. Offensive line more than anything. But I think with Marone as the offensive line coach, you would hope that he could work his magic. But I still have my doubts about Ruiz and Pete being actually great. So we'll see. We're talking with Logan Grafai. He is the host of the Hit Podcast via Boot Crew Media. He joins us here to talk New Orleans Saints training camp. All right, we know Jameis is going to be the guy. What's your expectation for him out there with the revamped offensive line, with a revamped wide receiving core, healthy Michael Thomas? What what should the expectations be for Saints fans for Jameis Winston for the 2022 season? Well, a lot of people hate when I give my opinion on Jameis Winston, but I, I guess I'll do it right now. But um, you would hope it's kind of what you saw in 2019 when he played for the Bucks, uh, Jameis Winston, outside of the 30 interceptions, of course, hopefully. But you have, like you mentioned, you have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. You can even throw in Marquez Callaway in there. Deontay Hardy has weapons all across the board. Alvin Kamara. So you would hope that he goes back to uh, his 2019 form, like outside the 30 interceptions, like I said. So if he could just cut back on the turnovers and just do what he did, what he does best, even going back to Florida State, if he could do what he did back then or even just a couple years ago, then the sky's the limit for this team. I, I always tell people I don't hate the guy, but I don't love the guy. But he's what we have right now. And I think expectation-wise, uh, I wouldn't have that too much high expectations until the season starts because I think having that brace on and not being as mobile as he should be or being able to move around in the pocket, uh, I think you want to just set your expectations kind of in the, in the middle. Don't set them too high, but don't set them too low is what I, I would say. You know, for me, I've said this. Look, this is a team that threw out Winston, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, and Ian Book last year at quarterback and had no Michael Thomas. They still nearly made the playoffs. They're going to be led by their defense. So if Jameis, with adding Alave, Landry, and a healthy Michael Thomas because he's never played with Mike, 
if he can just throw, I don't know, 4,000 yards, maybe 30, 32 touchdowns and less than 15 interceptions, this is a playoff team. Like, I, he doesn't have to be Drew Brees, Logan. He just needs to be pretty good. If he's pretty good, they're a playoff team. Most definitely, most definitely. So, on my last podcast episode, I, I told my co-host, I compared this team to kind of what I saw in the 2004 Saints team. Everyone calls me absolutely crazy, but if you look at it, the comparison-wise, I mean, everything, it kind of matches up with how everything is going. I mean, you got you had Aaron Brooks, which I keep comparing to Jameis Winston, which everyone tells me I'm crazy for. Then you had Deuce back in 2004, and then you got Kamara. Then you look at the receiving group that we had in 2004, too. You had Horn, Payton, Lewis, Henderson. Then you got now you got Michael Thomas, Alave, Landry. It, it just kind of matches up that both teams were defensive teams, but the 2004 team didn't make the playoffs. But I, I think this team this year, even if we do go 9-8, which is my record prediction, I think we could squeeze in a wild card spot. But the one thing that worries me is – kind of like I mentioned before, the offensive line and also the Jameis Winston because I, I would be very, very cautious with him this year because he already said he's going to be wearing that knee brace the whole season. And it, it just worries me because when you see him in person, I, that limp is very, very, very noticeable. And I know a lot of people say, oh, no, the limp doesn't matter. It, it, it happens, but it, you – when you're wearing a brace and you can't move around and step up in the pocket like a quarterback should, it, it just really worries me because you're you're asking for disaster and you're asking for your quarterback to, to get hurt behind two offensive guards, especially who have struggled since they've gotten here. I mean, Andres Pete and Cesar Ruiz are the reason why Drew Brees had the, got hurt in the first place, and then even. I'm not going to blame the guards uh, on Jameis Winston getting hurt. We'll just say that was Devin White. But the offensive line could be better. So, I think if this team can just gel together at the right time, I mean, 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, that, that can get you into the playoffs. So, I, I really think if we 9-8, and eight, you get a wild card this year, and we'll see what happens. But that that's just how I feel. Out at training camp. You've seen the defense play. Uh, I keep getting told Paulson Adebo is maybe not only the best player on the uh, best player on defense right now, but the best player on the field. Period. Uh, it sure does seem like he's taking his game to another level. How much of a game changer can that be for the Saints? Oh my goodness, a big game changer. When I went out there, everyone was telling me you got to watch Paulson Adebo. He's having a fantastic camp. I was already believing it, but. When you go out there and see it in person, it's just night and day. It's crazy how much of a great camp he's having. And what people forget is that Paulson Adebo would have been a first-round pick if he didn't sit out a whole college football season due to COVID. So getting him uh, in the round that we did, it was just a steal. And he just looks like he's going to have a Pro Bowl season. Having him and Lattimore together should cause like opposing offenses like fits. And I think Paulson Adebo might just he, – he looks like he's going to be Eric Allen out there. I don't know if too many people remember Eric Allen, but Eric – I mean, he just looks fantastic. And I think that's really going to be a game changer this year. The secondary alone just looks to be – like they're going to be like the 2009 secondary because 
2009 was the best secondary I think we've had in a long time. And I think Paulson Adebo adding the Lattimore and the other DBs that we have, it is really going to be a game changer. One more for you, Logan, before we let you go. You know, last year, this is a team that nearly made the playoffs with all the different quarterbacks, two bouts of COVID, and in addition to that, no Michael Thomas. But another key element that we always forget to talk about, if they would have had a competent kicker, they would have won at least two more games, and they would have been in the playoffs. (laughs) They get Will Lutz back. What can you tell us? What have you heard and what have you seen? How healthy is he? And do you expect him to, to kind of return to that Pro Bowl form that he showed for all those years? Everything from what I've heard and also seen is Will Lutz is good to go. He, he's 100%. And I'm very happy about that because it's like you mentioned, Will Lutz plays in some of those games, the, the Trevor Simeon games and the Taysom Hill games. And we win a lot of those games, and we probably squeak into the playoffs uh, last season. So I, Will Lutz is good to go. I think he's going to have another Pro Bowl season, and I, I'm very happy that he's back because having four different kickers was not the not the move. It really wasn't. So I, I, Will Lutz is good to go, you guys. Logan, before I let you go, brother, tell people how they can follow you on social media and where they can go to get your podcast, bud. So you can follow me on social media at the Soul Man 57 Soul as an S-O-U-L, and – you can also find the podcast on my YouTube page. All you got to do is search Logan Graffia, and you'll find each and every uh, podcast episode. That's Graffia, G-R-A-F-F-I-A. And you can also find them on my Twitter page, too, because I post them all over my Twitter page. So please tune in to the hit podcast every Sunday. Uh, it's you know, I think you'll really like it. Logan, appreciate your time, brother. Can't wait to have you back on, bud. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy watching the preseason game, bud. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Not problem, brother. That's Logan Graffia. He's the host of the Hit Podcast via the Boot Crew Media, and you can follow him on social media at the Soul Man Fifty Seven. Giving us a report there. Went out to training camp this week for a few days. Got some insight. Hey, hey, everything we've heard. Paulson Adebo has been an absolute beast. Logan says that's the truth. He says Will Lutz looks like he is 100% go. Looks like he is ready. And Chris Olave is the real deal. Like, there's something about those Ohio State guys. I just, especially Ohio State guys with the Saints. They, they just always seem ready right off the bat to hit the ground running and be contributors. And they've been that way for, what, 15, 20 years. Feels that way. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up today's show, finalize the poll question of the day, and get you set up for Kevin Foote and Footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Only got a few minutes here left on today's show, which means only a few minutes left for this week. What, what? Let's go. I'm going to take a moment to thank our guest. Shout out to James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast and Houston Chronicle contributor for talking all things Astros with us. Thanks to Hunter Bauer from Go Preps as we previewed Class 1A, Class 2A for the upcoming high school football season. Thank him for his time. I want to thank Nick Fondo for letting us know that he couldn't come on. 
We'll make sure to have him on next week. Steve, it's okay. I'm sorry. We'll make sure he's on next week. We know how much our guy, one of our big fans of RP3 and company, Steve Flint, loves when we do cashing tickets with Nick Fondo. We're going to make it up to you next week, bud, not to worry. And Logan Graffia from the Big Hit Podcast, courtesy of Boot Crew Media, joining us for the Big Easy Blitz as we talked all things black and gold. We did have a poll question of the day, didn't we? I think we did. I feel like we did. Did we? Yes. It's about the NFL preseason. Had two games last night. Got so many. A plethora tonight and tomorrow. The Saints, of course, will take on the Houston Texans tomorrow. We'll be recapping that and breaking it all down for you on Monday morning here on RP3 and Company. But we asked you, why do you watch NFL preseason games? 44% of you said, I don't watch preseason games. I I love our fans. 26% of you say, I do so to scout my own team. 20% say because it's the NFL. And 10% say fantasy football research awesome thanks for all who voted on our poll question of the day thanks to all who left comments in gifts in memes and all that jazz as they like to say and a big shout out to producer extraordinaire hannah five names and former intern extraordinaire turned high school football board op for the upcoming season our guy daryl big d because, uh, yeah, I got me a signed baseball. It's got Dale Murphy's signature on it. Yes! Collaboration between Daryl and Hannah. Hearts filled with joy. Thank you. Thank you for that. What a way to close out the week. What a way to close out the week. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names. I'm Raymond Parts third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again Monday morning, 6 to 9, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on a glorious Friday morning is up next.